Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Markin, and today I'm joined by Jason Cruel, who works with HFL, uh, which is Hungry for Life. And they're an organization who are working with lots of different humanitarian crises that are happening around the world. And in this discussion today, we kind of go deep on the crisis happening in Ukraine and how we are to you know, try and begin to think about this as Christians and then even as Christians more specifically as young adults, how we're to get involved in this because it can feel so much bigger than we are and yet we have organizations who are experts in helping people. So this is a must listen and I hope that you find this episode helpful. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Markin and I'm joined today by Jason Cruel. Uh, Jason, um, for our listeners, for those who are following along uh, with our show, would you give us a little bit of kind of who you are? And then we're going to dive into talking about Ukraine. And uh, this is something that you're pretty intimately involved in these days. And so if you would give us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you're doing, and then ha- how you came about doing what you're doing, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, Hungry for Life is based in Chilliwack, British Columbia. Uh, local ministry that's been around since 2004. So been operating here for 16 plus 18 years. And uh, our main initiative is to seek to inspire spiritual vibrancy in, uh, in churches and groups here in North America and to help get them involved in something that's overseas. So what we've found is that, uh, you know, we've been extremely blessed in the West with uh, a lot of material blessings and uh, we're grateful for that but we want to challenge people and churches and businesses and groups to to give back uh where where there's poverty and uh and over the years we've been able to engage various groups churches and businesses in international compassion projects overseas and not only is it impactful for those people uh, that are the recipients of those projects. So the houses that get built, the uh, widows that get cared for, the orphans that get care. Uh, but it's equally as important and impactful for the people that go to serve. Uh, and so that's been our key motto over the years is both the spiritual and the physical uh, poverty exists in the world. And the way that we can impact that is by not only contributing financially, but getting off our seat and doing something about it, going and answering the call that God may have in our lives to do short-term missions or to uh, be a part of fundraising for a project and uh, and instilling spiritual vibrancy back into the church. You know, that's music to my ears because I think so often what we'll do is we'll be like, oh, there's a problem. And in the West, we're like, let's throw money at it. And then as if that's kind of the solution. And I don't know, maybe we feel better about ourselves because we we threw some money at this particular problem Mm -hmm. without realizing that, no, there's like everything that we're doing is spiritual. Um, whether we like to realize that or not, or maybe we, if we don't focus on that enough, but we're in a spiritual battle. And so I think that's really important to at least emphasize, but it's cool that you actually are enacting that. And, and that's very much like of bringing forth the kingdom of God, which is something that um, I believe that you're doing. Hmm. Yeah, so we've been operating, currently operating in 14 countries around the world, and uh, Ukraine is one of them. But outside of Ukraine, we have 
quite a few projects in Africa and Central Asia and uh, South America and other places. So super excited to be able to continue to spread the, the word as we go out to groups here in North America and, and challenge them to say, you know, what is your church doing for missions? Uh, it doesn't have to be through our organization, uh, but through any ministry. What is your church doing about missions? What are your church doing about reaching the lost that are out there? Again, both spiritually and physically. And uh, it's been encouraging over the years to, to work with a number of different groups. Uh, we have a 100% model, which kind of sets us apart from a lot of other groups where 100% of the dollars that come in for projects go directly to the project. So when we when we raise funds, when our, one of our groups is raising funds for a project, let's say it's Ukraine relief, uh, every penny that comes in goes directly to that project. We don't take a, an administrative percentage for it. That's amazing. I've never heard of that before. And I'm assuming that you guys have other donors that are like, want to support your ministry because of that reason, right? They're like, oh, wow, like we can help support the people working there because we know that all the money is actually going to be going to that particular spot. So then here's a question for you. How, how do you then determine, you know, where you're going to send that money? Like, do you have relationships in these places? Do you know people in these places? Because that's always a question I have is like, okay, we can throw money at stuff. That's it. Excellent question. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how how are you guys like? How do you determine? Do you have yeah the contacts there and 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 what's the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have strategic partnerships with ministries or with local uh, indigenous leaders uh, where we work, and uh, that's not just picking a name out of a hat. As you said, there's a lot of skepticism out there of of who is uh, who is this person that we're sending our money to? Is the money going to where it's supposed to go? Uh, and that's one of the services that we offer is we do our due diligence in doing an assessment process. So before we'll partner with a ministry or with a local pastor on the ground, uh, we actually send one of our project managers over there to do about a one to two week assessment process, looking into who they are, what kind of projects they do, what is their ministry, what kind of, uh, what kind of opportunities is there that exist in their community. Uh, what's their capacity to manage projects and manage finances? And what's their track record with managing finances? And then from all of that information, we'll put together a three to five year community development plan where we look at this community and say, hey, working together with this pastor or with this local leader, uh, what does the next three to five years look like in your community? And how can we most impact you know, various aspects in your community of the most pressing needs? And that, again, that encompasses both spiritual and physical. So how are the spiritual needs in your community getting met? Uh, Maybe they have a church, but it's not very equipped uh, with trained pastors. You know, maybe they have a school, but the the teachers aren't trained very well. So there's definitely a spiritual element there, as well as, you know, looking at the physical needs in the community. Do they have water wells uh, that are clean, provide clean drinking water? Uh, And the list kind of goes on. And so through that process, uh, if we're very happy with, who that partner is in that particular region of the world, uh, we'll sign a, a contractor agreement with them. So that makes them actually an extension of our ministry. So we're able to receive and receipt Canadian funds to send to that project uh, as they're you know, ultimately uh, working underneath our dome, if you can say that. So we're confident in the process and that we do our due diligence. And um, yeah, that, that question comes up a lot. How do we know that the money that we're giving goes to where it's needed most. And so through that process, uh, that's one of the things. The second thing is we invite our donors, uh, whether it's a, a church or a business or a community group or a school group, we invite them to come down and see it. 
uh, come down and, you know, you've been giving to this project. Let's go put together a small little group and let's go down and see and learn and see what's happening in this community and how God's using the funds that you've contributed. So, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, they can go down. If they see any other additional things, they can rally their people and be like, hey, we need to give more to this. It's been, it's, it's going great. We need to help in, in more in, in this area, right? So I think that's huge. And, and you touched on something there that I, I absolutely love, which is, um, connecting with local pastors or the local church. And I think one of the things that we often get wrong is we'll just give things to organizations. Um, but I, there's something in particular about giving to a local church where they are a staple piece of the community. And then right away, they're able to provide spiritual and often practical need. Like that's something that even churches in North America do. I even think about my church. We, we With some of the dinners we do for the homeless, right? It's like we're providing a spiritual and a practical need. And so I think that's like a really, really good strategy and, and happy to hear about that. I want to shift a little bit here to talk about Ukraine. And we were talking a little bit before the show. I want to get your perspective on what's happening in Ukraine. And, and I just basically was saying, all I, all I see is just chaos. And it's hard to, to feel like it's, it's hard to feel like you're give, getting a straight answer from people, whether it's the news or Twitter or Facebook, like of the entire picture. And I understand that like in any war, it's, it's, it's incredibly complex and incredibly nuanced. And it takes nuance to talk about it uh, because there's lots of different perspectives. Different people are going to focus on different things. But I have found that increasingly difficult uh, to do. And that's not for lack of trying. Like I've tried to follow Ukraine pretty closely. And so I'd love to get your take on, on some of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. And, um, you know, just like you said, war is horrific. War has often multiple sides to it. Um, so we, we try to stay clear of the politicalization of it. All I can say is that Ukraine, as, as you probably very well know, Ukraine is, is a breadbasket of Europe and actually one of the largest wheat producers of the world. And so, is it a coincidence that Russia is wanting to uh, invade and take over more control over this country where it's, it's a major, major player in providing wheat uh, exportation, actually? But just not even looking at, you know, why is Russia doing what it's doing and just simply looking at, you know, what is the current situation that people are under? So HFL has been working through our partners in Ukraine for uh, probably almost 16 years. And... We actually have one of our staff members, uh, Chad and Mary Marks, that live in the western part of Ukraine uh, currently. And they've decided to not leave, even when the news of war broke out. Uh, they decided that they wanted to stay and help their people. They're extremely strategically placed in the very western part of the country, close to the Hungary and uh, Slovakia borders. So, you know, it, it's far enough away from the current conflict zones that they're safe. But they're also in a strategic location where all these refugees have been fleeing to, to their area. And so this, the reason I'm bringing this up is because their personal stories that they're able to share really bring it home, really make it real of what's happening. Um, it's not just one country saying, hey, I want to I take over some more land and just you know, moving in and pushing people out. The stories that, that the refugees are coming to the West with are horrific. Um, and, uh, and furthermore, we've been able to, through our network, we've been able to distribute, uh, I think over 200 tons of food to the Eastern part of the country. Uh, so these truck drivers take their lives at risk every single day and they jump in a truck full of food and go deep into the Eastern part of the country where, you know, bombs are dropping, airstrikes are happening. 
Um, and, and stories of people that are stuck in their bunker underneath their house for, you know, 10, 12 days, uh, ran out of food long before that. Uh, the grocery stores and the markets have been bombed out. There's nowhere to go to, and they're literally starving in their cellars. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's gut wrenching to hear and, and the, the lack of compassion, um, is just astounding, you know, from, from, you know, other wars, there's always, war is never pretty, never, war is never, uh, good, but, uh, a lot of times, at least a humanitarian corridor has been able to be established where Red Cross can get in and help, um, or other organizations. And, and it seems like in this case, these, uh, these organizations have actually been targeted. Um, that they're, you know, they're really trying to starve off the people that are, are in the Eastern places. So, yeah, I, I know it doesn't answer your question directly, but, you know, the Ukrainian people have been doing, uh, a huge, I, I don't think anyone would have thought that this war would have dragged out as long as it, it did with, with as big of a force that Russia has, but yeah, watching it very closely as well. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and Obviously, we're going to continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. And, and as I say, it, it's it's easy to when when there's a big whether it's a natural disaster or a war. I think when I, I just bring it back to us as Canadians or North Americans, it's easy to kind of throw your hands up and go, "Wow, this is way bigger than I as one person can do anything about." Um, and and that's the same, you know, for any, you know, like I said, any natural disaster um, or, or or war where there's literally millions and millions of people fleeing for their lives people that are stuck in the conflict zones that don't have food and you're going, you know what, what is my $50 going to make a difference or what, what can I do about it? You know, should I jump on a plane and fly over there and see how I can help somehow? Um, you know, if I give money, is it going to actually go to give food to the people that need it? Or is it just going to get swallowed up by these big organizations that, that need to, you know, fund various programs. Um, and so it's a bit of a rhetorical question because I challenge as an organization, we challenge people to do stuff about things that they see around them. Um, there's this term uh, paralysis by analysis. And I always, uh, you know, I always see this in a lot of meetings that I have here in, in Canada with, with various groups. And it's almost easier to, as a person to say, you know what, I, I, I want to make sure that when I give, I give to the right thing. And I'm not sure if this is the right thing or not. So I'm not going to give. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to serve or whatever the thing is. And our challenge is always, you know what, uh, pray about it. Seek, seek God's uh, counsel on it for sure. Um, but you're better off to give and to, and to leave the other part over to God. Uh, do your due diligence in seeking out an organization, absolutely, that, that will you know, give to the right causes, absolutely. But have a step of faith and, and, and do give, do contribute, whether it's locally or to other international organizations, because that's, you know, that's what's needed is, is, is the Christian community coming together, bonding together to, to impact and to help those who are suffering around them. Yeah. And you're, and you're speaking to something too about God's economy and God's sovereignty. Like he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So you give your money unto the Lord, trusting him for it. He's going to make something happen with it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's huge. You know, we, we say this all the time with you know some of the young adult ministry, uh, where you know we'll we'll hear, oh, I just don't know what to do with my life. I just waiting for a plan. I just I'm just waiting for God to show me. The answer that I, I think is really helpful is even a book on it, and but the title is just called "Just Do Something," right? Just do something, right? And and see how the Lord will actually work through that, and maybe He'll shift you to a different area, right? And and I think that's the important piece. And then also like 
oh, what, what can I do about a situation in Ukraine? I'm just one person. Yeah, but if you have all just these one persons, you know, if you have a million of those just one persons getting involved, that's a million persons now involved in that. And so whether or not it's, you know, 100 people from HFL, 100 people from Compassion International, whatever, right? Now you're starting to see numbers increase and, and there's a lot of power behind that. And I was going to go back to how we're able to make impact because the question also comes up uh, as it relates to Ukraine and, and how, how we're able to help there. Um, the exciting thing is, is it's, not, it's not Chad and Mary Martz, who are Canadian staff members from Chilliwack here, that are making the direct impact that they're i mean they're hugely involved in it they're the ones that are are coordinating the efforts there but they're not the ones that are actually taking the food and getting it to where it needs to go the amazing thing is is through the years of working 14 years plus of working in ukraine um we've been able to establish a network of churches uh, that are on the ground there, local church, ukrainian churches so we have partnerships uh, through a network of over 10 10 churches in the western part of the country and then churches in the east that are kind of scattered all through the conflict zones that these churches are saying, you know what, this is our community. These are our people. We need to do something about it. Just give us the resources and we will make sure that that happens. So it's kind of a unique situation that we're able to work through the local church uh, so that they can reach their own people. They can provide the spiritual care that's needed also uh, for their for their people. And that wasn't something that we had to go seek out. We already were doing that prior to the war. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how God, you know, uses certain people and, and situations and uses it for his good. Which, I mean, that gives you a huge leg up, hey, having already been there and knowing the people and, and for your team there to already have community and stuff like that's enormous. Because then it doesn't feel like you're parachuting in and saying like, okay, what can I do to help? In many ways, I imagine that not always, but people who just parachute in and say, how can I help? It's actually like you're kind of in the way. But those who have been doing the work actually can really help, you know, and um, that's kind of one thing that has been talked about in missions over the years when people consider, you know, short-term missions trips. There's a lot of value in them, but also the, the team at the end leaves. But if they can connect with someone who's there long-term and help those people long-term, right, like the missionaries there, you send a short-term mission team there, it's sort of like, oh, now we're we're building upon something, which I think is is really really interesting um how can we get involved as young adults and like what are the the ways that we we can be involved mm-hmm. in this crisis yeah that's an excellent question you know young adults uh what I, from what i've observed through our our ministry and through the partners that we have here locally on the ground a lot of the catalysts a lot of the people that inspire change are young people young adults um it's not necessarily the young adults are the ones that are having to fund and provide the finances, but it always takes that one person or takes multiple people to say, Hey, let's do something about this. Let's do fundraising for this. Let's uh, pray about it. Let's start up a prayer chain and pray, pray for the people of Ukraine, pray for the suffering Christians who are on the ground, uh, our fellow believers who are suffering uh, because we can't go there and do something about it. Um, so it's not always just about, like we said before, it's not always about the finances and some young adults have been blessed that they are in a position where they have funds to give. And, and so I would challenge those people, you know, to give, give where your heart is and where, where God is leading you. Uh, but to those who say, you know, I just don't have the finances to be able to contribute. You know, a lot of people are, have still those spheres of influence. And that's why we love the model of taking small teams. So we're not at a point where we're taking teams to Ukraine. 
Um, but it still takes, when you take a team of people, it still takes that one person to say, I'm going to rally up some people around me and say, hey, here's a cause that we really, really want to support, um, either by going or by contributing. And so I would challenge young people out there to, to see what's happening around you and to, to prayerfully seek God's face and, and say, how can I, as one person, how can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? Uh, we had, this is not a young adult, this is a child. Uh, just the other day, we had somebody drive in from Vancouver, uh, came up our front steps to our office and gave me a bag of, of $100 in cash that she, it was all in small coins and, and bills. Uh, and this young child had done little fundraiser to, to raise as much money as they could for, for the Ukraine and drove from Vancouver to, to bring the $100. So on the outside, it looks like, wow, $100. That's, that's awesome. You're able to give $100. You know, it costs a lot of money and gas to come here to bring it. But the cool thing was that this young, young girl uh, was so inspired by what, you know, inspired and encouraged to be able to do something about, about the suffering around her that she took it upon herself to do a fundraiser. And it's not about the amount of dollars. It was about the drive that she had to do it. So I would say the same thing to young people. Um, you know, whether you're going to university or uh, whether you're uh, newly married and you have a young family, to seek out ways that you can rally the people around you to be able to contribute to to the needs around you. And and again, this is this is we're talking specifically about Ukraine, but there's lots of stuff here locally in our own communities, uh, in our own churches, uh, uh, to get involved in your own local church. Uh, to get involved in local ministries around you, and um, you know, if it's if it's God calling you into into missions, to to seek that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, young adults often don't have a lot of money, but whether we actually think it or not, we do have a lot of time, and that's something that uh, a lot of young adults are like, "I have no time." It's like, stop watching Netflix, right? Do your homework, and you'll have a lot of time. And uh, yeah, definitely. So there, there's so many ways to get involved if you have the drive. And like, like you said, every, every little thing makes a difference. And you just think like, okay, that $100, imagine tracking that out. And it's like that has then been sent for you guys 100% to your contacts in the Ukraine. Maybe that turns into food that's then delivered to those people in the basement. Like you just never know. But it literally could have been the very thing that has now kept some people alive amidst this horror of war. So, you know, really amazing, really interesting. Um, Want to just, you know, kind of close with this sort of thing. But as you think about, you know, the response and the crisis in Ukraine, what's the, what, what breaks your heart the most about this crisis? But then what also gives you the most hope? I think two things break my heart. Uh, and again, it's on the spiritual and physical aspect. I think what breaks my heart is no matter how much money we send, no matter how much we fundraise, how much, how much we try to help, there are still people desperately in need. There's people desperately crying out for physical help uh, with food and basic necessities of life. And uh, I just had Chad on the phone just last week, letting him know about some more funds we were going to be sending. And, you know, Chad was excited about that, but also on the same note, almost pleading for more help. He said he cannot imagine the suffering that's around us. And, and so um, what breaks my heart is seeing people that just cannot access the basic necessities of life. And on a spiritual level, emotional and spiritual level, the trauma that's coming out of this, the story, the gut-wrenching stories of, of some of the refugees that have managed to flee the conflict zones. And now we're going to be living with this emotional, spiritual baggage for, for years to come. Um, I'm not sure what kind of trauma counseling is going to be you know, available to a lot of these people. Uh, who've been uprooted and left pretty much everything, uh, fled to the border, 
had to kiss goodbye to their to their husband, to their dad, to their father, who has to turn around and go fight in the war in Ukraine and may never come back. Um, and so those are the kind of the two things that really, really, you know, make me think that we have it very blessed here. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the videos of like the the young men kissing their families goodbye and, and, and off they go on a train and you're just like, how many times do we have to see this to realize this has to stop, right? Like how many times do we have to keep watching the separation and the breaking of that for it to stop? And what gives me hope is is yeah. is the fact that we have a sovereign God who sits on a throne, who looks down, and there's not just chaos happening around the world uh, like we see it. The world is very chaotic. The world is uh, evil and a lot of things happening that we cannot understand. But I truly believe that we have a sovereign God who sits on the throne, who's looking down, and who's actually actively involved in the lives of of you know his his followers, and so just knowing that, uh, regardless of what the outcome is, regardless of about suffering, that God uses all things for good according to His purposes, and that can be impossible to understand sometimes. But it's a comfort to people who are suffering to go. You know what? God has this. Regardless of what my personal outcome is for my situation god has us and god you know i can i can take comfort in that yeah amen god is sovereign he's over this he is not surprised by this and he's you know using even the most horrific thing for his glory and that's something that uh we might not really understand the moment but in time we will and uh in in even if not in this life in the next life we will so that's amazing jason thank you for your time thank you for being part of the program today and and just, yeah, joining in. Love the work that you're doing and we'll continue to be praying for you and, and, and this ministry because it's, it's so important. And I think, especially as young adults, we're looking for ways to get involved and oftentimes we just don't know where to get involved. So how do we get in contact with you and or your ministry? Yeah, so ministry is called Hungry for Life International. And so just by Googling uh, Hungry for Life, uh, you'll come up with our website. On our website, we have all of our updates and information on not only the conflict and, and, and situation in Ukraine and our response to it, but also for opportunities for young adults or people to, to get engaged, whether it's financially or whether it's by you know, taking on a project that they can pray for or contribute to or go to. Um, and so check out our website, www.hungryforlife.org um, and or you know, fire me an email. There's a contact form on the bottom of our website that you can click on. And, and if there's questions or, or interest of, of continuing partnership, uh, you can send, send an email that way. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jason, for your time. Thank you for being part of the program. And we look forward to speaking with you again and even hearing an update on how things have been going there. So uh, thanks again. Thanks, Daniel. Jason for your time and if you're wanting to get involved with Hunger for Life definitely check out the links that we have in our description and also their website and so lots of different ways that you can get involved thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time all the best thanks so much for listening if you want to hear more subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com we're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Doubt is a ministry that exists to engage young people with biblical truth and provide answers for many of today's questions of life, faith, and culture. 
through audio programs, articles, and blogs, InDoubt reaches out to encourage, strengthen, and disciple young adults. To check out all the resources of InDoubt, visit indoubt.ca in Canada or indoubt.com in the U.S. Or if you're in a position or share a passion for the ministry of young people, you can support the ongoing mission of engaging a new generation with the truth of the Bible. First, you can pray for this ministry. And second, and if you are able, please consider a financial gift by visiting indoubt.ca in Canada or indoubt.com in the U.S. Your gift of any amount is such a blessing and an answer to prayer. Thanks.